Hi everyone, my name is Angela Crocombe. And I'm Leanne. And we are going to talk about some of our favourite kids' books from the year that was and some things that we're looking forward to reading over the summer. So let's get started. So, Leanne, let's talk picture books. What have been some of your favourite picture books oh, this year? There have been so many picture books this year that I've loved. It's actually really hard to settle on just a few. Mm. I think I really like my pictures after the storm, yeah, which is a really <laughs> unconventional picture book. I think I described it to a colleague as Miffy on Acid because it's got <laughs> that nice monochromatic look, but it's basically a series of befores, comical before and after shots yeah. um, done in a like really kind of bold. Dick Bruner style. I thought that was really strange and funny. Yeah, yeah. And teaching kids, you know, about things like storms and rain and 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 things like that. That's good to know. Yeah. What happens if you eat too many potato chips? That sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, another cute. one I really liked was Raymond. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell us about Raymond. Raymond is a dog who one day decides to sit up at the table with his family for dinner and that sets off a whole train of events where he gets a job, he gets a career as an award-winning journalist um, and then he starts to get so, so stressed out that by the end of the book um, he returns to his true canine mm. form and habits. Mm. I thought that was very sweet. Yeah, it's really a metaphor for modern life, isn't it? I think well? so. We yeah. all want to, you know, get away, run back to, to being yeah. our natural doggy selves. I Yeah, I <laughs> actually think that's a bit of a theme um, <laughs> that's come through in picture books this year about the need to slow down and not be so mm. stressed. So there was yeah. Slow Down World by yeah. Ty Snape. I really loved that one. Yeah, that was really great. And The Sloth Who Came to Stay yeah. is another yeah, kind of that's, yep, slow down. Slow down, yeah. yeah. So maybe yep. that's a theme. Absolutely. Yeah. How about you? What were some uh, of your I was really favorites? in love with Leaf. Oh, which is so beautiful. Be- so beautiful. And the first few times I looked at it, I just was just so overwhelmed by the the illustrations, which was just so stunning and vibrant and set in a jungle. Um, and then on about the third or fourth time, I could actually read the story, which was a beautiful story of a stranger coming to the jungle, this polar bear who's totally out of place. All the animals don't know what to do and they're very fearful at first and, um, yeah, very kind of angry with him. And then they slowly realise that actually he's just lost and that he needs their help. So, yeah, on, that also is, has a beautiful it's metaphor. Kind of works. a nice message to yeah, it. Yeah, it works on a number of levels and the pictures are just incredible. Yeah. I think the for me the best picture books I know I really like an illustration where I feel like I want to wallpaper my house <laughs> in, in illustrations from the book and Leaf definitely fits into yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Another one that came out in March but is still a really good seller for us and still I, ha- I think has a wonderful message is Under the Love Umbrella. Yeah. I love that and I love that there's four kids in it, four kids of different ethnicity, different um, – different family types and they're all going through their day and um, just experiencing the little letdowns that we have during the day but they know that it's all okay because they live under the love umbrella. Someone loves them. Yeah. I always think that's a really nice one to give um, as a gift to a young baby. It's a bit of a keeper picture book. It's so beautifully produced. It's a nice one just to kind of hang on to and keep and That kind of message of learning to kind of carry around an internal feeling of security is something that would be good, you know, all through 
a child's life, I think, Absolutely. That, that idea. Yeah, yeah, they need to be reminded that they're loved and they're safe. Yeah. Yeah. Any other picture books? Oh, I have to out? do a shout-out for Not Quite Narwhal. You love that you book. Know. <laughs> <laughs> you really you love know, that book. I, I think perhaps we are at peak unicorn now, but <laughs> it's still such a beautiful book. So it's about a unicorn that is actually born under the sea with the narwhals. And uh, so it, it's a fish-out-of-water story as well. He's different from all the other ones. He doesn't quite know why. And then uh, eventually he sees a unicorn and realises that actually he may not be a narwhal at all. And I love that the way at the end that it brings the two families together. He feels torn between the family he's grown up with, the narwhals, and and the the family that he's become, the unicorns, but he finds a way to bring them together. I think there's a beautiful message in that and also just gorgeous illustrations as well. Yeah, they're very, very pastel and yeah. blue. The like yeah. the underwater scenes are, are really lovely yeah. in that one. But a bit of sparkle. Got to have a bit of sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like there was another one that I really liked this year that's got that message of of figuring out how to be yourself and and feeling strong enough to be yourself. Um, and mm. that was perfectly Norman, I think it was called. Um, it's about a little boy who grows some really, really colourful wings one day. Um, and he unfortunately feels the need to kind of cover them up and pretend that they don't exist. Um, and through the course of the story, he finally kind of discovers the bravery to kind of let his rainbow wings out, let them unfurl, Mm. um, and realises actually that the other kids accept them and also that other kids also um, have wings that they've yeah. been too afraid to show. So I think that's kind yeah. of a nice one, similar is, in theme. Yeah, yep. And um, oh, also what just came, uh, a book that just came in that I really think has a very important message. It's um, There's been some beautiful hardback picture book stories about real people and uh, Malala, the famous um, activist, has written one called Malala's Magic Pencil. And I think that's a, a really incredible story of her life uh, growing up um, under the Taliban and how she spoke out and was brave enough to um, to tell her story and to tell the world. It's just a really, really impressive one and a wonderful way to teach children about what it's like living in other countries. I think that's been something that's been um, newly popular, I think, in mm. kids' book this year is these really um, nicely illustrated hardcover picture book biographies of amazing people so it's been really enjoyable um watching those come in and recommending them to people I wish I could remember the title you might remember it's um a lovely picture book about the first woman to run the Boston Marathon oh yes the woman who ran yeah the woman who ran that's my favorite of this year gorgeous um I think maybe because I was a runner when I was little so (laughs) when I was at school so I I really love that story and there's beautiful illustrations that really get across that feeling of running, the joy of running. Mm. Um, yeah. And I actually didn't know about that story mm. um, until early this year. And I was so stunned to realise that people were so threatened and offended by her running in the marathon that they yeah. tried to pull her out of the race. And it just seems yeah, so ridiculous these days. But Yeah. And it was only in, in the late 60s yeah. that it happened. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. It just seems crazy, yeah. doesn't it? And she's, she's still running the marathon, which is mm. amazing as well. Yeah. So. That yeah. was my favourite kind of picture book 
biography yep. from this year. Yeah. And, of course, we've had those wonderful collections. I think every household needs a copy of Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and boys, you know, I think it's just a great um, book about some amazing people who've done amazing things and just you beautifully put together. Um, and the Women in Science and Women in Sports yeah. collections are really nice as well. Yeah. And, of course, Rejected Princesses. I l- I've got a copy of Rejected Princesses, <laughs> I must admit. I think it's even as an adult I really enjoy reading those kind of yeah. nice sort of pocket-sized histories of, of certain people. Yeah, um, that's I feel like right. I've learnt heaps from them even as an adult. So Absolutely, yeah. You, there's so much we still don't know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's so much to learn. All right, we should move on to junior fiction where there were some beautiful books this year. I really loved um, Sally Rippon's new book, Polly and Buster. Yeah. I thought that was just a gorgeous friendship story and worked on so many different levels and, um, yeah. So that's a story of a witch and a monster who are friends even though it's not very common for witches and monsters to mix. Is that? (laughs) That's right, yes. Society tells them they shouldn't be friends, but they maintain their friendship. But then, yeah, there's that moral dilemma that Polly has at school one day and um, where she sort of denies, she pretends she doesn't have the friendship with with Buster the monster and um, the consequences of that are pretty dire. And, you know, I think lots of people can relate to that in some way or another, especially when you're going through school. Yeah. Um, I think that's yeah. kind of, yeah, I think everyone could relate to that experience of at some point perhaps denying a friendship <laughs> or because they're surrounded by a group of people that they're yeah. trying to impress or yeah. trying to save themselves from bullying, yeah. saying something that isn't particularly authentic yeah. or true or, you know, even saying saying something mean yeah. um, under those kind of pressured circumstances. Um, I always think... Um, there's a scene in Wonder by R.J. Palacio that's, yeah. that really gets that across perfectly when a when a friend under pressure says something mean about the other friend and doesn't realise that people are listening in and how traumatic it is on the other side as well when you, you hear what somebody has said about you and you yeah. thought they were your friends. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's a it's a good situation for kids to, to read about from both angles, from yeah. both parts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and realise we all make mistakes, but we can remedy those mistakes yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so there's going that's going to be a series, isn't it? The Polly and Buster yeah. series. Yep. So any sign of the second book? I think yet? it'll come out mid next year. Sally's finished the writing, and I think she's working on finalising the drawings. So, Great. Yeah. That's the drawings exciting. were really distinctive as well of of the monsters and witches in yeah. that one. It was a. It looks. It's a beautiful looking book. Yeah. It as definitely well. is. Yeah. How about you? What were some of your favourites in junior? Um, I really liked Shallow in the Deep End, mm-hmm. um, which is a book produced by some students, some Australian students, um, together with author Jared Thomas. It's a really, really nice, simple junior fiction book. The kids have, have collectively written a story about life in the north of Australia. It's a really funny family story. Um, some kids are desperate for a pet and they, they have a few things in mind, but instead uh, their father brings home a baby water buffalo, um, which to me <laughs> sounds like the ideal pet. I would have loved one of those <laughs> as a child. Uh, but it's got really funny illustrations, really great drawings and cartoons that the kids have done. Um, it's at a nice reading level, nice simple reading level um it's just a good funny story um that that is very australian so 
that was one of my favourites. I think another one um, was really popular um, amongst lots of reading staff members, and that was Bruno. Yeah, which Bruno. is an illustrated <laughs> collection of very odd and quirky, <laughs> surreal stories. Yeah, very European. It's Bruno, so European. It? Yeah, <laughs> I think that one's done by Gecko Press, who we yeah, love for we their do. dedication to <laughs> odd stories and and philosophy for you yeah. know the junior fiction reader. Yeah, and it is true. It sort of seems like. The European publishing, European kids publishing definitely can veer more into that slightly odd territory perhaps <laughs> yeah. than other, other yeah, regions. Definitely, yeah, definitely, which is it's so nice and refreshing and, yeah, very philosophical. Yeah, it's um, a good one. And I think it's that nice because it's so highly illustrated. I think it's a really nice bridge between picture books and chapter books proper. Yeah. Um, yep. And I thought another series that did that well this year was a, the new Super Moopers mm-hmm. series, yeah. which yep. is really highly illustrated as well. Very simple words, really great characters and stories. Yeah, yep. and um, a lovely world that they've set yeah. them up in, Mooper Town. Mooper Town. <laughs> Mooper Town looks pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be fun to go to Mooper Town for a day. I, I wouldn't mind it, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those were some of my favourites in junior fiction. Yeah. Um, yep. What stood out to you? This year? Uh, well, yes, I love those ones. I also loved Good Night, Sleep Tight, which I think is in our summer. No, it's not in our summer reading guide. I think it might be one of our favourites of the year collectively. And that's also from Gecko Press and is um, a series of bedtime stories uh, between a fox and a cat, I think. I was going to say <laughs> rabbit, but I'm <laughs> actually not sure. Rabbit. It's definitely between two animals that are natural enemies normally, but in this situation they're best buddies and uh, they they like to have a little bedtime story at night to help them get to sleep. And don't we all? Yeah. That, it <laughs> looks like such a classic collection of little stories. Um, I feel so – it reminds me of Frog and Toad. Yeah. Um, yeah. That kind of – Two good friends, little episodic stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're quite different, the two yeah. friends. And yeah, that's nice. It's always nice to see two different friends <laughs> learning to get along well together. That's right, yeah. And uh, hasn't it been a bumper year for graphic novels? I feel like there's yeah. been so many good ones It's this definitely year. taken off. I think you probably read more graphic novels than me, I suspect. Yeah. Um, do you like a good graphic novel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tend to – I don't read so many um, younger graphic novels, I find. I read more in the sort of teen area. So mm. um, what were some of the kids' graphic novels? That well, you- I was absolutely blown away by the Anne of Green Gables adaptation. Oh, I haven't read that yet. Yeah, it's so I definitely beautiful. want to read that. It's so – the greens in it are just incredible. And, um, and also Anne of Green Gables is something I read really young, but I don't really remember it that well yeah. anymore. So it was really lovely to have this – uh, quite abridged version, but had all the key elements of the story in it. Yeah. Um, and it was just, yeah, beautifully done, beautifully handled. Mm, I definitely want to read that one. Mm. Anna Green Gables was a favourite. <laughs> so I guess the location is, is really important. Like that struck me when I was a kid reading Anna Green Gables is this kind of really very exotic mm. um, location. So it sounds yeah. like that comes across well yeah, in the yeah, artwork. This beautiful isolated island that just looks stunning. Yeah, so I loved that. Um, also, a big favourite of mine was uh, Real Friends by Shannon Hale. Yeah. Shannon Hale does the Princess in Black series and Goose Girl for teen readers. Uh, and this was a really personal story for her. It was about her 
um, friendships through school and she had a lot of kind of ups and downs and friends becoming enemies and friends leaving and um, really a lot of bullying that she suffered. And she's really, you know, got it out there on the page, warts and all. She didn't always behave that well herself. Um, But I think... It's it's a wonderful story about friendship and and you know the ups and downs of it and and how to be a good friend and um, just how tough people can yeah. find it. You know, I think there's a lot of solace in knowing that it is really hard. Yeah, I think sometimes I think that adults maybe you know get to a point where they think these are small dramas yeah. um, for children, <laughs> yeah. but they're really not. No, and they don't no, feel that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it feels like life and death sometimes, those kind of friendship difficulties. Absolutely. Um, what age group do you think would be best for real friends? Uh, I think eight plus. Yeah. Yeah, eight to 12. It covers, it covers about that age group for herself, so it's over yeah. four or five years. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think especially for uh, kids who've maybe read all the Raina Telgemeier books yeah. and are looking for something else, Yeah. Um, I think it's just really well done and there's a great, bit uh, of, of her own story at the back where she talks about uh, how tough it was and I think that's really good for people to read yeah. as well. Yeah, great. I love the, um, for me, graphic novels, I have to really fall in love with the illustration style yeah. or else I find them hard to read. Yeah. Um, and I think I think it's Lewin Pham does the illustrations. Does yeah, she yes. Think? Yeah, and she also works on the Princess in Black series and yeah. I love her illustrations. They're really... Yeah, really beautiful to look at. Yeah, really vivid. Yeah, they've obviously got a good working team happening there with with story and pictures. Um, The graphic novel I did read this year that really stood out for me was Spinning by Tilly Walden, Mm -hmm. which is probably more of a a 12 or 13 plus graphic novel, but it's about a young girl who's um, really obsessed with figure skating and trains really hard in it from a really young age. It's kind of about her her growing up from that young girl through to her teen years and what kind of place figure skating has played in her life and in her friendships. And I guess it's sort of about the end of an era or the end of a love story with a sport, um, Mm. which is, you know, quite quite difficult for her. It forms a huge part of her identity, but then some other things come up that are really important important to her identity that she discusses in the graphic novel. So I thought was, that was a really yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I um, I thought that was beautifully done and I did have some criticisms of it, but mm. um, then I realised that she's actually only oh, know, 23 She's or really she's, young. So, yeah. yeah, she's very young and um, I'm really intrigued to see what she does next yeah. because I think, yeah, she has a beautiful style. Yeah. I was quite staggered to find out her age mm. when I read it because I thought this is such an accomplished <laughs> piece of work to even produce yeah. this so it will be interesting to see what she does yeah yeah, yeah. I am very excited to see that uh, the Philip Pullman uh, His Dark Materials trilogy has been put in a hardback graphic novel form yeah I haven't had a chance to look at that yet yeah that it looks, looks really good so um, yeah for people who want a sort of a, a potted overview of the trilogy without having to plow through the three books I that think could it, be a good way of yeah, doing it yeah, yeah definitely def- Mm. Mm, exciting. 
So should we move on to middle maybe fiction? Some middle fiction, which was a yeah. huge year in middle fiction. I feel like Australian publishers have really kind of started publishing intensely in this area yeah. with some great books. We were really spoilt for choice. I felt this yeah. year there's so many excellent books for that eight to twelve yeah, age group. Absolutely, that it's really hard to kind of pull out any particular <laughs> titles from a whole year of, of wonderful stuff. But we probably need to pick out Nevermore. <laughs> Without a doubt. You know, you always want to be original and if there's a big book, you maybe don't want to be jump on the bandwagon, but it's so worth it um, yeah, with Nevermore. Yeah. Um, I think that the first book's called The Trials of Morrigan Crow mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be a series. I don't know how many books mm-hmm. are planned in the series. Mm-hmm. Quite a few, I imagine. Um, and it's about a young girl who is a cursed child. She was born on a particular date and she's – Cursed in the sense that she will die on her eleventh birthday, which is not not great news <laughs> yeah, for her. The stakes are pretty high, stakes are right? Very high. She's drawing close to her eleventh birthday. But also, what I loved about the process of being a cursed child was she becomes the scapegoat for yeah. the entire town, and she gets yeah. blamed for absolutely ridiculous things, yeah. such as the weather or somebody's cake not turning out properly. <laughs> and she has to write apology letters and behave. Anyway, she's she's in a terrible position. I love it that she's such a surly kind of staunch child um and she is whisked away by a mentor called jupiter north Mm. to the very amazing city of nevermore where she has to take part in a series of trials i like Mm -hmm. a book that has a series of competitive trials in it (laughs) and it's to become a member of the really mysterious not fully explained yet wondrous society yes yes. so i also love that she lived in a hotel yes and that the the kind of the um the chief uh, housekeeper was a giant talking cat. Can't it's go just, past a giant talking no, you cat. You really can't. Yeah. <laughs> really tapped into the kind of that that feeling of magic and wonder of actually wanting a place to exist. Like mm, I feel like I yeah. felt that in Harry Potter. I felt like that um, to with a lot of Roald Dahl's books, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like yeah. why can't this be real? Yeah. Um, and I really <laughs> felt that about Nevermore. Yeah. I would like to visit please very soon <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah <laughs> what else oh, um the cursed Stand first out. term of zelda stitch by nikki yeah. greenberg i really loved i thought that was a lot of fun and just a great book for people who like the worst witch and um even most magical girl but it's a bit it's a bit easier to read but it's just a lot of fun and it's kind of a uh, the the bumbling, not very good at her job, which but who's a lot of fun and who's got this really snooty cat who is just so disparaging to her and um, thinks he's so much better than her. Great, and it's just really. Hilarious. I've really been wanting to <laughs> wanting to read that one. I keep trying to call a resurgence in witch books. Yeah, I'm, I feel like there's more witch books around this mm. year, but every time I do it, um, uh, my colleagues just say. There's always lots of witch books. Yeah, like yeah which is a <laughs> yeah. perennial. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's been a bit of an upswing in the witch. Yeah, yeah. And probably the worst witch TV Thanks. series has helped that as well. Oh, I didn't realise. Yeah. So that's a new yeah. series? Yep. Okay. A new, um, yeah. And is it's it really Faithful good. and Yeah, faithful I think so, true? yeah. All right, yeah. great. Yeah, so that's a good one. Um, what else was good? Oh, so many. I'm reading The Explorer by Catherine Rundell. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really great. Great kind of idea that these three or four kids have, um, you know, a plane has gone over the 
the jungle somewhere and they've and it's crashed and they've got to survive on their own so it's a great setup yeah. I think it's I mean obviously that's you know maybe to some people seems like quite a far-fetched scenario but you know once they they hit the ground and they're in a situation of survival I thought that there was lots of really great realistic seeming details in it um, mm-hmm. I especially enjoyed the horrible array of disgusting things that they find themselves <laughs> eating because they they really they've landed in the Amazon jungle. They're not really sure about the plants mm, and animals yeah, around them. Yeah. They have to find stuff to eat almost instantly. Um, and I think my highlight, where I actually kind of had to stop reading it for a while and like hold the book away from my face, um, was when they um, eat barbecued tarantulas. I'm not sure if you're up to that <laughs> bit yet. I'm not. But just oh. here's a forewarning: there's like very <laughs> lurid descriptions of crunching into spiders. Legs ahead of you. Um, Great. Yeah. Great. So it's like Survivor for kids. Yes. There's also, I don't want to spoil it too much, but there is a sloth in that story mm. and who hasn't dreamed of having a pet baby sloth and it actually comes true for one of the characters oh, wow. um, in that book. So, yeah, I particularly enjoyed that that bit as well. That reminds me that Bear Grylls has been putting out uh, lots of lots of different books, some fiction stories, true. but also lots of kind of really practical survival skills, which I think is great for, you know, there's certain kids who are really into that sort of thing and like learning all the knots and learning about um, orienteering and, um, yeah, all sorts of great yeah. things, how to gut a fish. I yeah. mean, who doesn't want to know? Every time do I that? see those books, I think I actually should read this <laughs> just in case I'm ever in some yeah. kind of survival survival scenario and you never know I often when I look at you know kids nonfiction these days is I just think oh good that's exactly at the level that I want to approach that particular topic and for me um, I think survival I feel like Bear Grylls books was probably the level at which I want to approach that yeah yeah um I feel like my favorite um middle fiction this year was Lin Tang and the Pirate Queen by Mm, Tamara Moss it's a debut Australian book Mm -hmm. um and it's just got a really fantastic island setting. Um, Lin Tang is a really fantastic character who ends up um, kind of be travelling with a pirate ship full of lady pirates. I feel like there's such a beautiful (laughs) crew on this ship. They're all really unusual individual characters that she learns to grow and love. Yeah. my favourite character is one that kind of um, has a clamshell that she speaks with that she calls mother and it's both like really comical and really kind of quite tugs at your heartstrings that she she talks through this clamshell. Yeah. And um, there's these great really dangerous creatures in them called mythies that are kind of monsters and they're quite um, terrifying and intriguing. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought it was such a good fantasy story. Um, really, really great action like Lin Tang and her friend um, end up in real peril and real adventure out in the high seas with these pirates. I thought it was such a fabulous original book. Great, great. I'm going to put that on my yeah, summer reading list. I've been, I've been kind of bigging <laughs> it up to everyone I talk to, so I think it's got something for everyone. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Uh, I also wanted to mention Rose Raventhorpe Investigates, uh, Black Cats and Butlers, which both I read and my eight-year-old daughter read, and she loved it. Yeah. It's got her on this whole kind of murder mystery sort of Gothic Victorian murder mystery. That's a good bet to be on because there's quite a few books to service that kind of need. 
Yeah, yeah. so all the butlers in town in, in this sort of, you know, English Dickensian sort of world, all the butlers are being bumped off and uh, Rose Raventhorpe must discover what's going on. Um, and I just love how it's all very sort of matter of fact. And as my daughter says, it doesn't really matter, mummy. She doesn't really care too much about the butler's dying. Okay. She just wants to solve the mystery. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. So I actually asked a, a customer the other day, her um, daughter was willing to a murder most Un, a murder yes. most unladylike. Unladylike. I was about yeah, to say lady, but the Robin unladylike. Robin series. Yeah, such a popular series. I've always mm. been interested to know. Um, I always say to parents, you know, it's it's like Agatha Christie, but yeah. for, you know, like maybe nine or ten-year-olds <laughs> through to 12-year-olds. And I was like, so what does she think about the fact that there's a murder? Like, so the first book <laughs> opens with a murder of a gym mistress. And, and she says exactly the same thing. Um, that maybe is with Rose Raventhorpe. It's like, well, it's a bit of a distance and it's a mystery. Mm. Like there's a dead yep. body, but it's not, yep. you it's know. It's nobody they really care about too no. much. No, <laughs> and it's not kind of, yeah, it's more about the clues and the mystery yes. and the, the quest of finding out the truth. And yeah, yeah. I guess the fact that there are some uh, body count is kind of kept a little bit. <laughs> in, I find that intriguing because I, but. You know, I also really enjoyed reading murder mysteries at a really young age. So. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. definitely think, you know, the the kids who are reading these will go on to um, Arthur Conan Doyle, you know, Sherlock Holmes books yeah. and Agatha Christie's and, yeah, and there's something very satisfying about solving that mystery that yeah. appeals to them. Yeah, mm. picking out from an array of suspects. And <laughs> yeah, so did, um, did you <laughs> and your daughter figure out who the culprit was in this book uh, before? I I think we we did have a good clue, yes, yes. right near the end, yeah. But um, yeah, there's been two in that series, and that is also that was a debut Australian author, and I think there'll be more Great. in the series. Yeah, I think they're really good. Uh, yeah, Robin Stevens has also um, done a follow up to a Siobhan Dowd book called The London Eye Mystery, yes. which um, has been around for many years but lots of people love and that's nobody gets murdered in that one but it's a, it's a disappearance and a young boy, uh, Ted, has to solve it. Um, and so Robin Stevens has written The Guggenheim Mystery, which is the follow-up to it, based on Siobhan Dowd's notes. Yeah. And uh, my daughter and I have just started reading that together and it's really Great. good. Yeah. And is it a sequel to The London Eye Mystery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the same characters are in it and they've just relocated to New York. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and a painting has been stolen from the Guggenheim. I love a good art heist <laughs> yeah. story. That's my favourite, so I'll have to read that. I love The London Eye Mysteries. So, yeah. yeah. So this one, the first one was about a disappearance of a person. This one's about the disappearance of a painting. Mm. Great. Yeah. That sounds really good. Very exciting. Yeah. Okay. What else in middle fiction? Oh, what about Felice Arena's The Boy and the Spy? Yeah. Did you read that one? I haven't read that yet, but I, I do like a good wartime yeah. drama. Gee, that was good. Just action-packed, a very slim book, uh, but so much happens. And uh, it's set during the rise of the Nazis in, in Europe and uh, they're in Italy and an American fighter uh, lands in his parachute and is hiding in a cave under the village and this young boy has to choose whether to uh, help him. Turn him in or, or not. Yeah. 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 I don't think I've read a World War II book set in Italy mm. yet for kids or teens, so that's... 
Yeah, I think Felicia just did a fantastic job and I think for, you know, I love it for reluctant readers, readers who yeah. get a bit intimidated by a thick book yeah. um, and need lots of action. I think it's a really good one. I think it's great when you come across a, a slim book that's still very sophisticated and complex mm. but is kind of very approachable perhaps for readers that aren't as confident. Yeah, yep, definitely. Uh, okay, there's so many more in middle, but I feel like we know, probably we need probably to move have on to, to time young reasons. Adult. We have to move on to young adult. <laughs> Wowie, that was also a pretty big year. In and you know the big books are just coming out now. La Belle yeah. Sauvage and Turtles All the Way Down. Have yeah, just we've come sort of been out. hit with two really huge releases yeah. towards the end of the year. So um, La Belle Sauvage is the first book in a new trilogy by Philip Pullman that yeah. kind of serves. As a prequel slash companion to his dark materials, and I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but reports are very, very good. It's good. On that one. It's good. I'm about 370 pages in, wow. and I'd really just like to stop doing everything else in my and life just, and finish it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Lyra, the main character from his dark materials, is a baby. But um, she is under siege. All these people are trying to get at her for their own political purposes and uh, 12-year-old Malcolm has become her protector and is... Um, they hit the river, don't they? they yes, yeah. yes. So there's a terrible flood and he is currently on a boat with Lyra and another girl and trying to keep her safe. But it is hair-raising and quite terrifying. I definitely think um, readers 12-plus... Okay. Uh, yeah, it's most suitable for, but it's very exciting and I don't think that you need to have read the previous books. I think mm. you can just jump right in. Jump in this and one. enjoy the story, yeah. 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 Philip Pullman's a really unusual writer in that he can appear appeal to anyone from 12 mm. all the way through to, you know, I've had some uh, much, much older people buy that um, yeah. in, in the shop. So, you know, there's, there's something in it for everyone. Yeah. There's so many layers and levels yep. in which yep. you can there's, read yeah, his books. Yeah, there's some very sophisticated philosophy and um, ideas about... Particle physics. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And consciousness and, yeah, that, um, yeah, are quite challenging. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, and Turtles All the Way Down is John mm, Green's latest. It's yeah. been a while between books. It has. Um, so that's also been... And it's such a gorgeous-looking book as well. I think it would... You know, who wouldn't love to receive that book? It's a really nice hardcover, really bold yep. yes, cover. and definitely. I have heard it's very good. That's definitely on the summer reading list for yeah, me. Yeah, definitely for me. It sounds like uh, kind of a teen mystery story, mm. bit of a search for the truth again. So that mm. definitely sounds like my kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, you know what happens when you, you read a book quite late in the year and it really surprises you and you feel like, oh, I really worried this one will slip under the radar. But I just over the weekend read Kids Like Us oh, by Hilary yeah. Rail. Yeah. It's really, I would definitely say one of my favourite YA books that I've, mm, I've read great. this year. Um, the main character, Martin, is staying in France for the summer. His mum is quite a famous Hollywood director and her film shoot takes place in Chenonceau Castle. So Martin and his older sister are relocated to France um, and he spends a summer in France, which, you know, might be, be really, really great. Um, but Martin certainly doesn't really, feels quite intimidated by the changes in his life. So mm. um, he's on the autism spectrum, which mm. makes some of these changes maybe a little bit more difficult and meeting new people isn't his favourite thing. Um, and he goes to school and he very much falls for a girl um, called Alice. But because um, his 
sort of his main way of relating to the world is through um, Proust's In Search of Lost Time. Oh, wow. He um, <laughs> believes that Alice actually, when he encounters her, he believes that she's Gilbert, a character <laughs> from the book, and that's the lens through which he views her at first. Um, it's a really – Martin is such a lovely young man um, and I really feel like I actually learnt a lot about In Search of Lost Time just through yeah. that's um, <laughs> how his, his favourite way of connecting his internal world to his external world is through the novel. It's a really unique way to view the world. Mm. Um, and I really liked it that he was a character like all young people who is searching to find the way to make the world the easiest for him. But also because he's neurodiverse, he also um, he also wants to learn to be proud of his differences and to not change himself too much to match up with neurotypical people. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked that about the book. There were some lessons for him to learn as a teenager about how he could improve his skills to make life easier. But also there's some of things that he should he felt he should hold on to and not change for anyone um, and be quite proud about. So I, I really loved it. Wow, yeah. sounds great. Yeah. I think, I think that's one that will, um, yeah, sell over summer and be something that we can It's such a great about. summer book because yeah. you can really relate to that thing of having an exciting summer where you meet lots of new people. You're not sure if they like you for who they are, mm. um, falling in love in a foreign country, <laughs> so romantic. That's so summer, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Nobody does yeah. that in winter. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? What's impressed? Um, What's well, impressed I mean, you? there's been. I feel like there's been lots of really strong uh, kind of feminist characters and lots of discussion of online bullying um, yeah. in some great books. So things like My Life Is a Hashtag by Gabrielle Williams, um, Take Three Girls was really good yep. for that. And the one that I just recently read, which is an American one, uh, Nowhere Girls by Amy Reed. It's a lot of buzz about that. Yeah, lots of um, staffers had read it and um, I thought, oh, I have to read this. And I was just, sometimes when you read something that lots of other people have loved, it kind of doesn't live up to the hype. But I just thought it was handled so well and there were so many diverse characters in it, so many diverse women Um in a, in a high school dealing with with bullying by the men and the patriarchy and, and these three terrible boys who were really um, aggressively kind of raping teenage girls and uh, bragging about it online, um, quite shocking behaviour. And uh, so these girls, these three girls kind of start, start a group, try and build some momentum to... Um, to do something about it because they've been getting away with it for years and just the way they bring together all the very different females who are having a very different experience in school and um, just make them feel more empowered Yeah, uh, was a really interesting read and I think, um, yeah, I, I, I feel these books are really great for young women to read and to feel more empowered and to, yeah. you know, stand up to bullying, online bullying, and as well as sexual intimidation. Yeah, it um, would be easy to feel despairing about that. So it's really nice mm. that there's some books out there for young people to think about perhaps constructive ways or ways yeah. in which they can feel like they have a certain amount of power. Um, I read Moxie yeah, earlier on this year, one. which is also <laughs> about um, some girls kind of taking some grassroots action in their school mm-hmm. to improve things for both boys and girls at their school. Yeah. Um, and also there's been Piglet which is the French mm. a French take on the same thing um, involving a, a group of young girls who 
you know, really strike out on their own um, and find their own kind of strength through kind of friendship and loyalty. Um, so it's definitely, I feel like it has been a bit of a bit yeah. of a theme this yep. year. Yeah, a bit of a renaissance, yeah. which is yeah. great. Really, really good. Um, a great thriller that I just thought was a lot of fun uh, and felt a little bit talented Mr Ripley was yep. uh, Genuine Fraud by oh, E. Lockhart. Yeah. yeah. And lots of people read her last book, which the name escapes me right now, but <laughs> it will come to me. But uh, We Were this- Liars? Is that we Were Liars? We Were that, Liars, yeah. yes, thank you. And The Disreputable History of Frankie Landau-Banks is also That's a great a one from her. Yeah. Uh, but this one is really exciting because it's um, it's it goes backwards. So right in the beginning there's a woman in a uh, high-class hotel in on an island somewhere and she's she's very anonymous and she, she realises that a, a policewoman is chasing her. And so you know that, A, she's got lots of money, that she's somehow in hiding in this hotel. She's quite highly skilled as well. You get <laughs> a sense she's yes. quite a highly trained yes. and physically, physically competent individual. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then, yeah, it runs backward from that. So you're like, what has she done? And there's a best friend and a boyfriend and... People are calling her different names and, um, yeah, so it's very confusing initially but really pacey and really exciting. I've heard that's got a killer twist at the end that I've <laughs> – because I haven't finished it, I've yeah. been desperately not reading too much about it because I don't want to have it spoiled Yeah, myself. I read it twice and I loved it both times and that is very rare for me to read a book twice. Yeah, that is – yeah, that is <laughs> rare. There was a book I read this year that made gave me that I want to read it twice feeling um, and that was Chloe Snow's Diary. Uh-huh. which is just an all-out, very, very funny, very heartwarming diary of a teenager whose family's going through a really tumultuous time. I always think it's like Adrian Mole, but for this new generation. Um, I've <laughs> yeah. never laughed so hard at a book and recognised so many of my own teenage foibles in a Aww. character as as in that <laughs> one. So that's one that I read this year that I wouldn't mind reading again, yeah. which, you know, yeah. oh, is, is a rare thing. We all need a laugh sometimes. Yeah, I do think that's a good, lighter, laugh out loud kind of book, which still deals with some, you know, some some serious issues, but in a very melodramatic, um, hyperbolic <laughs> sort of way, which makes it really a lot of fun for the reader. Yeah. Um, I really loved, um, another one I really love this year, kind of fits into that. I guess it's like a murder mystery slash thriller slash whodunit is one of us is lying. Oh, okay. Yeah, which it's very easy to just like, all I need to say is kind of like, it's like the breakfast club, but there's a body. So <laughs> yeah, detention happens. Good. It's like a closed <laughs> circle mystery where, you know, the killer, somebody gets poisoned in detention. It's somebody who nobody particularly likes in the school because they run a gossip app and it's got to be one of four narrators uh-huh. who did it, supposedly. <laughs> um, I won't give anything away, but that yeah. was enormous fun yeah, yeah great and you've got the unreliable narrator yeah i got a whole series of unreliable <laughs> narrators who are slowly revealing and of course you know conveniently all of the main characters have something to hide and mm-hmm. something to really lose mm-hmm. um so that makes it for it's a real page turner it's <sighs> quite great. it's a it's smart but it's entertaining yeah. at the same time yeah which i quite liked yeah great yeah. summer read yeah <laughs> i guess we can't really talk about YA um in 2017 without mentioning the hate you give Yep, we do need to mention um, that. Which I think has has been one of the most notable and talked about books yeah. and yep. 
Yeah, I feel like I've discussed it with a lot of staff members, with a lot of customers, with a lot of readers. Mm. Um, So, I mean, that's a really fantastic book about a 16-year-old girl who witnesses um, one of her close childhood friends being shot by the police. And it's about the aftermath of that, the difficult decisions that she has to make about what her her role is in the community and in a potential court case. Mm. Um, and Star is such a such a great character. Yeah, she um, is. there's so much going on in her life, <laughs> and she's dealing with it so, you know, admirably. Yeah, yeah. In the I, course I felt of the like book. I learned so much reading that book. I mean, it was a really entertaining and engaging story, but I just felt like I was getting a real education in what it's like to be a young black person living in America today, and you know, all all the just all the nuances of of the Black Lives Matter movement and and of of you know contemporary life. It, because she went to this, you know, rich private school and then she had her home life, uh, which was, you know, she was in a really good family but in a, a tough neighbourhood and um, so much going on around them. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of one of those books that really gave you a window into a certain time and yeah, place and group absolutely. of people, community of people. Um Yeah, I found it incredibly absorbing and complex and sophisticated um, to read. And it's, I feel like I've even had some um, grown up customers coming in, they're doing it for their book club. So there's so much, there's so much to discuss in that book, I think, for all ages. Yeah. It was a real thrill for me uh, to hear Angie Thomas speak at uh, the Writers' Festival this year. And she said that she's now working on a book. Uh, about the history and development of hip-hop because she loves hip-hop music. She's really into Tupac. Star in the book is really into Tupac. Um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that because I feel like, oh, great, I'm going to get this amazing education about hip-hop music. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that will come out yeah. fast. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be very avidly read by everyone in our shops, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What, what else have we, have we missed out anything in the... Oh, so many. Why Arena? Yeah, there was the wonderful debut, Beautiful Mess, that I thought was a really great love story between two um, kind of wounded characters, I guess, complicated uh, young people and just beautifully handled and, um, uh, yeah, quite a sophisticated sort of resolution. I really enjoyed that one. There was The Ones That Disappeared by Zana Fralin, uh, YA Prize winner. That was... um, a really intense book about child slavery yeah. and that was a, another sort of shocking education for me I found that you know so many that there is still slavery going on yeah. in our world yeah. and, and these kids who escape from it yeah um, I think it's really wonderful to have books for young readers because I really feel like teenage readers are very interested in social justice, Absolutely. world issues, um, and they would really like to read about it in the, yeah. you know, and, and child slavery is not really something that I've read much about before or know much. No. It's a really viewing it through characters you can care about is a, is a really good way of doing it. Yeah. I've just recently finished reading um, City of Saints and Thieves, um, which is set in Kenya and the main character is... Um, 
a refugee from the Congo mm-hmm. in Kenya. Um, and it's it's kind of about the mining industry in Congo, um, refugees in, in Kenya and their lives, organised crime, the militia in the area and how all of these things weave together to make a pretty complicated political situation. But it really mm-hmm. focuses on a... Um, a young teenager and her part in the middle of that kind of political and social maelstrom and it's a really, really good action thriller murder mystery oh, wow. um, set, set inside a situation perhaps that Australian readers may not know much about. Mm. Um, it was so gritty. I mean, she she's belongs to a gang and, and has somehow, through the search of her, for her mother's killer, has found herself in this organised crime environment and um, she's a very, very uh, competent and brave young woman and has some great friends around her. Mm. Um, but it's it's a really thrilling and exciting wow. book. It'd be great, great. for um, a teenager who wants to read something a bit longer and more complex mm-hmm. and um, perhaps a bit more bit more challenging in terms of its, um, I guess, kind of themes and plot and concepts. Um, yeah. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, fantastic. And you also really loved Living on Hope Street, didn't you? I did, yeah. I I have been recommending that left, right and centre. So it's the debut Australian novel um, by Demet Devararan. And the reason I really like it is I feel like it um, takes one suburban street in Australia and follows a group of different characters that live on that street, different ages, different um, family and cultural backgrounds, different living situations, mm-hmm. um, and really brings this story to life. To me, it felt like a really true Australian story with some kind of characters who came from a, a cultural background or or life experience that we might not have perhaps have seen so much in mm-hmm. Australian YA fiction. Um incredibly empathetic book in that you get to hear from all these different characters who in times are in conflict with each other um, but really kind of feel the the truth of the story and feel feel for them like really strongly with your heart so I feel yeah. like it's very it's a very understanding um, book well, and so yeah beautiful. I really can't speak highly um, enough of it and it, it was very you know really strong gritty realism so I very much enjoyed it um I think teenagers w- would would love that. Yeah, um, really love reading about the experience, especially of the the kids and the teenagers on this street. Mm. Um, it it covers a lot of things. That at the core of it is um, a discussion of domestic violence that at times is difficult to read about, but the book does leave you with a lot of um, a lot of hope for the yet the young characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. So much to read. Yeah. So much to read. So what's top of your reading pile next? Oh, gosh, let me think. Um, I really, really got to read the Philip Pullman, yes. La Belle Sauvage. Um, I really, really want to read um, the next book by Colin Malloy because I love the Wildwood oh, series. Um, yes. It's got a great title. I laugh every time I say this title. Yeah. It's called The Whiz Mob and the Grenadine Kid yeah. and is set in 1960s Marseille in a gang of child thieves. Mm. Um, Sounds I, a bit like Emile and the Detective. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I th- I'm, I'm a real sucker for, I think, Gangs of Child Thieves. I think that could be a little sub theme of books that I'm interested in. <laughs> the Thief Lord by Cornelia Funk is great. Uh, yeah. um, I really want to read Tales from a Tall Forest by Sean McAuliffe, mm-hmm. which promises to be funny and twisted fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you That's have great. a fan 
of yes, that in your my, house? My eight-year-old daughter loves that. She really just enjoyed it, thought it was hilarious. Uh, and I loved how, you know, it was quite sophisticated in some ways and had a, a lot of um, high-level language, but... But, you know, encased in sentences that you couldn't figure out what was happening and, and uh, you know, you didn't need to worry about the big words. Um, yeah, it was really well done. It worked on a number of different levels, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about you? What's on your oh, what to, to read. be read pile? What to read? There's so many. I want to re- read Moxie. Definitely. Yep. Um, I want to read... Oh, what do I want to read? It's almost overwhelming, isn't it? This <laughs> I want to read all the good ones that you just talked about <laughs> that I haven't read. Um, yep, I've got to read the John Green. Um, and so much stuff. Yeah, my mind has gone blank. That's okay. <laughs> oh, another one I wanted to mention actually that I, I think would you know is a, would be a really great thing to read over Christmas or summer is Diego and the Rangers of the Vast Atlantic. Oh. Um, Particularly because it's um, a really unusual book in that I think, you know, it's it's not a graphic novel, there's words, but there's a really strong visual content in the same way that the Brian Selznick books. It's got this beautiful cinematic looking um, Mm. artwork in the book that kind of, it seems to be this kind of futuristic slash steampunky, fantastical kind of world. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a really good kind of speculative action story mm. with an amazing other world depicted yeah. in it. Um, yeah, very talented yeah. author because he was an artist at DreamWorks, I think. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so the visuals kind of came first. Yeah, interesting. And it was a, a story he wrote for his son. Great. Yeah. I think, you know, kids these days um, are involved in a lot of visual learning and literacy, yeah. so any yeah. book that can straddle that. Absolutely. Divide between tr- sort of traditional storytelling with with language plus amazing visuals is probably going to be lapped up eagerly, I think, by modern <laughs> kids. Um, it yeah. just looks spectacular. Yeah, that one, definitely. Um, yeah, I think that's why graphic novels are doing so well as well. Yeah, and, you know, I look forward to reading lots more graphic novels yeah. over the summer. Yep. Mm. That's been quite a long and exhaustive <laughs> look. <laughs> At books this year? It sure has. Well, Merry Christmas and have a great summer, Leanne. Yeah, thanks, Ange. Lots of reading to be done. Indeed. Bye. Bye.